Welcome to Just Quietly, a podcast where Senator Amanda Stoker has a laugh with friends and colleagues, cuts through the bull, and explores the issues of the day. Let's get to the bottom of it all. Hello and welcome to Just Quietly. I'm Amanda Stoker. I'm a Senator for Queensland for the Liberal National Party and today on the podcast we're going to be talking about something that I think is um, a really important cultural issue. It's easy for people who have a particular political perspective to stick up for people of the same political perspective when they're attacked. But if we're serious about standing up for principles like don't advocate violence against women or don't be racist, or um, don't be unnecessarily abusive of other people, then we've got to be consistent if the principles to mean anything at all. And so when we look at um, the controversies surrounding the Queen's birthday honours that have been awarded on Monday, um, we see some really interesting um, hypocrisy from those on the left who just cannot bring themselves to treat their own who misbehave, uh, with the same kind of um, anger and outrage and um, vitriol that they would if it was someone who had a different political philosophy. I'm talking to somebody who is a great friend and a great mind and a really hard worker for the people of Boothby. She is my friend, Nicole Flint. Hello, Nicole. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Senator Amanda Stoker. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on Just Quietly, your wonderful podcast, and talking about such an important issue. Um, I, I've got to say I was so shocked when I woke up on Monday morning and saw that Mike Carlton, the former journalist, had been awarded one of our nation's highest honours uh, because I'm well aware of his history of abuse of uh, Jewish people and also of women because I have personally been on the receiving end of his behaviour. Now, you've got to tell listeners about this because it's quite extraordinary um, some of the things he has directed at you. Absolutely. Um, so I went on Q&A last year, just after the election, and I was on the panel uh, with Jimmy Barnes. And uh, whilst we were whilst we were on Q&A, Mike Carlton was live tweeting, and he said, and I quote, I'm reading straight from the, from the tweet, he said, Never have I admired Jimmy Barnes so much as tonight. How does he not leap from his seat and strangle the liberal shill on his right? So that was me, and he put into an A hashtag, so he wanted everyone to see it. I just want to provide your listeners with the context, and this is pretty shocking, just to warn people, um, of what Jimmy Barnes spoke about during that Q&A program about his personal, and this is just one example, of his personal experience of domestic violence. And again, this is a direct quote from Jimmy. He said, um, on, his, on, his, on the night of my sister's wedding, uh, her husband nearly beat her to death. And that was the end of the wedding, you know. He tied her hair in a barbed wire fence and punched the hell out of her, you know. Um, and then Tony Jones went on to discuss it more with Jimmy. In that context, a former journalist, someone who has just been awarded our highest honour, thought it was appropriate to suggest that Jimmy Barnes should strangle me. I find it absolutely extraordinary. And I'm, I'm determined that we have a really good think about who we are providing our honours to and I think we need to look at, uh, I think we need to review the system and look at perhaps establishing some minimum standards if 
for whatever reason, people aren't, or the, the selection committee aren't doing their due diligence to, to see that people like Mark Carlton are directing comments like that at me, but not just me, Judith Sloan, the uh, senior economist, uh, journalist at The Australian, Shari Markson, who's one of our incredibly brilliant young female journalists in the nation, uh, Daisy Cousins, who's, you know, really a bit of a controversial and entertaining um, commentator and young journalist herself. All of us have been subject to these sorts of horrific comments. And at a time too where um, there is a growing understanding of just how unacceptable all violence is um, against men or women, but, you know, there's a real awareness about how um, absolutely wrong it is to advocate for violence against women in circumstances where um, there is just so much pain and outrage and concern in our community about this issue, um, in the context of Jimmy Bunn's having relayed such a horrid story, um, yeah, to have shocking. advocated for violence um, mm. from behind the coward's barrier of the keyboard, um, yeah. surely that's not the kind of behaviour that we want to have rewarded by among our nation's highest honours. Well, precisely, Amanda. So I've had a bit of a dig into what are the sorts of um, what are the sorts of qualities that they ask people nominating uh, to identify in their nominees. So um, the the people who are nominating someone for an award are supposed to provide examples of how they have demonstrated outstanding qualities. Well, certainly don't think Mr. Carlton qualifies there. What they have done to make things better for others. Now on. No reading of his many comments about Jewish people, so his anti-Semitic comments, his comments about women, could you think that that's possibly making things better for others? And he's certainly not providing um, a good role model for for the nation. We haven't really talked much about some of his anti-Semitic slurs, um, but I'll I'll give one example. In 2014, um, there was an article he'd published about... Um, Israel, and he really ripped into um, the the Israeli people and some of the political decisions yep. that are made there. Um, and in the context of some person putting a Twitter comment up that politely disagreed with him, the response he gave was to call that person a classic Jewish bigot. Now, um, that's just one example of many, many, but... The idea that he can suggest that there is some special attribute of Jewish people that makes them bigots. You know, if someone who was a right-winger did this, there would be um, outrage till the cows come home. There would be, you know, if a senator said or did something like that in the chamber or um, an MP in the House, you'd be be censored. The day would be consumed with people, um, you know, lining up to, to give you a whipping for the inappropriateness of it all. But someone who's a professional journalist who's just been honoured for their significant service to the print and broadcast media doesn't seem to be capable of engaging with someone who disagrees with them without either using a racial slur, a violent slur, or just Mm -hmm. outright swearing and abuse. Um, It is really something. Absolutely. And I just want to read another few words about what he said about Shari Markson, who ran the article, um, and and I spoke to Shari for the article because I was shocked that someone like this had actually been awarded our highest honour. And she's when a highly Shari, awarded journalist too. You know, she's herself, received the, the she, biggest awards yep. for journalism that there have been right. in this country. 
Yeah, and so he tweeted. He tweeted that Shari, he called Shari a weapons grade half wit and uh, Murdoch toady. Um, and that's the sort of language he thinks is appropriate. You know what really surprises me, Amanda, and I know it surprises you as well. Actually, let's face it, it doesn't surprise us at all, does it? <laughs> is the silence from women on the left on this issue. And and this is it, it right? So when – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. When there was an award granted to Bettina Arndt at Australia Day. Now, for those yes. who don't know Bettina Arndt, she is um, a social commentator. She has um, ex- expertise as a sex therapist and she spent her life um, devoted to gender issues around um, men and masculinity. She's yes. awarded for her life's work in this field um, – but around about the same time, um, she makes a bit of a silly comment um, that I, th- I think was oh, – I guess I shouldn't impute her intention. But she said that um, in the context of an utter tragedy, which was yeah. um, the horrific murder of um, Hannah Clark and her three gorgeous her children, children. Yeah. by yeah. them being brutally yeah. doused in petrol and mm-hmm. set on fire, just – it makes um, – It'd be a beggar's belief such a horrific thing could be done by a member of one's family. In that context, though, she said that it was important in the investigation that um, investigators kept an open mind. Now, her crime, though, her crime, (laughs) uh, in inverted commas, to those on the left, was to say something which was a bit silly, and that was to say that um, the person who had um, set that family on fire might have been driven to do it in some way and that they needed to be open-mindedness about that. Now, mm. I think that's that's a pretty silly thing to say, right? And yep. I don't think it's um, ever... No one's going to defend that. Though. No one's going to defend that. And it is never okay to set your family on fire. I don't care how, <laughs> how hard life are. might never, be. <laughs> it's never appropriate to respond with violence in any form. It's not. It's never okay. But that very small wrong comment um, led them to pass motions in the chamber, uh, move motions in the chamber, um, demanding that her honour be revisited because um, her holding an honour was incompatible with the values of um, something so prestigious. It was so abhorrent that she couldn't possibly um, be recognised by this country for her life's work, which had nothing to do with that one very bad things she had to say. Now, yeah, one, yeah, that's right. And that was all in the name of their strong stand against violence against women. Now, yes. I agree, violence against women is abhorrent. But if you hate violence against women, why are you silent when Mike Carlton gets a similar award and yeah. he's okay with strangling Nicole Flint? That's right, and calling women stupid and. Um, you know, saying terrible things about brilliant journalists like Shari is extraordinary and making anti-Semitic comments. So the hypocrisy is, again, Amanda, as I said earlier, you know, it's shocking and surprising, but it's not because they only ever defend their own. Labor and the left only ever seem to defend their own. It's not a quality of treatment. It's, it's, they are only interested in protecting their own people. All women are not equal in their eyes. Only women on the left or causes that they champion are um, deserving of their attention. Some women are and more protection. equal than others, hey? 
<laughs> right. I think you're right. Now, speaking of which, Amanda, I've, it's been really interesting, and this is why I do think we need to have a really close look at these awards as a whole. Um, the debate about Lynn Larson, one of our first Australian female cricket captains, and Michael Clark, because Michael was awarded a higher honour than Lynn was. And I must say I've been pretty surprised because Lynn was an absolute trailblazer, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, first um, joint winning, I think, oh, I'm no cricket expert, right, of the, the World Cup <laughs> and the Ashes. Um, it's a Can very, very big deal. from Queensland and you don't, you know, you don't take it as seriously uh, as that South Australians? Uh, or? No, look, lots of people <laughs> in Queensland love cricket, but I just, I can't pretend I'm a, a sporting master. I'm just not. Um, but she's really, really impressive. Oh, and Amanda, she was a trailblazer. Now, like just an absolute trailblazer. You know, there were women were just starting off in cricket. I'm sure they got a pretty hard time for even playing at the time. It wasn't accepted like it is now that women can can play cricket like just like blokes can. If that's the sport they want to play, now we encourage all women to have a go if they want to. Um, but she had extraordinary results um, as uh, um, as our test captain. Incredible. And, um, like just a really, really good bowler. She was just really impressive and a trailblazer. And women weren't getting like this. Well, cricket have actually um, done some good work in terms of um, pay for their male and female um, top players, but women weren't getting paid. I mean, she would have been virtually a volunteer at the time. So to me, that's what these awards are about and should be about is rewarding people who have done something pretty extraordinary, who have gone above and beyond, who are genuine trailblazing leaders who inspire other people to, to you know, to be their best and to do something remarkable. That's a really wonderful thing about these awards, um, which is why we see so many amazing local community volunteers. You know, their communities recognise the great work that they do. And that's what it should be about, celebrating us at our very, very best, celebrating people who inspire us celebrating people who have gone above and beyond and, and beaten the odds to achieve. It's interesting. I, I sort of think you can have it one way or the other, but you can't have it both. You you mm-hmm. either need – if you're going to acknowledge that the bloke cricketers get paid more because they get more of an audience, I get that. Um, there is a commerciality associated with cricket as a sport and that's why the blokes get paid more. I'd like to see the women get more audience and I'd like to see the women get paid better um, yeah. and I really do hope that will happen over time. But in circumstances where the women players are playing just as great cricket, they're achieving just as many wins, mm-hmm. um, but they're largely doing it for a fraction of the price. Um, they're largely doing it as as a volunteer. Volunteers. And, and, yeah, that's right. And they're holding down ordinary jobs whereas yeah. um, yep. the bloke players are – very well remunerated. They have all the the technology and the support and they can do it full time. It is a different game. And so just like it's, I think, right that we reward people for their voluntary service more through these mm-hmm. awards, um, I also think that should factor into the way that we uh, recognise people um, who – might have been doing great things with a lot less um, in precisely in their yep. achievements. Precisely, and because that's part of the achievement, isn't it? Recognizing that, yeah, it's the it's the brilliance of the human spirit. Hey, it might be really tough, and gee, you know, I'm probably uh, yeah doing my full time job then going to cricket training after work and all weekend. Like I think of our netball as a man. You know, I know we're both big fans of netball and promoting. Yeah 
that is, Absolutely. you know, it is our biggest women's sport in Australia and they get paid so pitifully still. Um, and they're serious you know, athletes. So again, they are serious athletes, but so many of the poor things like still have to hold down a proper job or have all sorts of really careful plans for after netball because they're not going to earn the money to actually set them up for life compared to our other sports. It's interesting that you mentioned, and we're possibly getting a little bit off topic, but about the advertising, <laughs> but I just think that the marketers, I don't know how they haven't managed to target the female audience when we think about it in a lot of households. Um, women have a lot of purchasing power. So um, I just think the marketers haven't quite got this right in terms of women's sport across the board um, when women make so many purchasing decisions every single day. Well, the smart marketers will be catching up fast, I think, because there's probably (laughs) some very good value sponsorships to be done there. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Let's move on to, um, I guess, another thought that you and I have talked about before, and that is, um, whether or not people who are um, receiving pay for the thing that they excel yeah. in um, should be rewarded yeah. in the same way as those who are doing something in the nature of, of pure community service. That's right, which I think, again, touches on the Michael Clark example, touches on, I know a lot of people have raised with me, uh, former members of parliament or members of parliament receiving nominations and awards um, perhaps we need a different category. I mean, we have separate categories for our wonderful members of our defence forces, for our police service, for our public sector. Maybe we need a category to recognise people who, um, yep, they've gone above and beyond compared to their contemporaries, but they are within a specific sector who perhaps most of their work has come because they um, had the, the financial ability and security to do those things. Just an idea. Can I um, can I reflect on something with you now? And um, it's a little bit, a little bit sensitive. I hope this is okay. I was actually reluctant for us to talk about this on the podcast today, and it's because there's there's always this hesitation to talk about things that relate to culture. Okay. At a, at a time when people are going through economic difficulty, right? There's there's people across the country who um, have job uncertainty or they've lost their job. Um, they're, yep. they're waiting for the borders of Queensland to reopen so that they can hopefully patch together their business and, and recoup the that's enormous right. losses so they've restaurant made. Can, that's right. Their restaurant, their pub, their tourism business, their charter business, yep, can get back to normal, we hope. And I, I couldn't let it go because, well, one, we can't – be um, the kind of hypocrites that we see on on the other side. We we need to be consistent about this and um, yes. violence and yes. racism are always wrong on the good days and on the bad days and even when there's other stuff going on. But there's something That's else right. about it too and it's that the way that Labor used the processes of this parliament to shame and shut down people who weren't from their tribe from making a public yes. contribution in the way that they did to Bettina, um, is a tactic designed to scare good people, people who aren't, um, you know, ideologically of the left. It's to scare them out of public life. It's to stop them participating in in this great country's debates. And... I, I agree. Absolutely. And in circumstances where it's a tactic that is designed to um, have this really nasty 
cultural impact. I couldn't help but think, you know, we always we always talk about how important it is to focus on people's um, people's jobs, the economy, and and all of that is important. But I'm determined to help people understand that culture affects the economy, and if we don't have a culture in which we value and protect the fundamentals, if, if we don't understand that there's a relationship between um, freedom of speech, freedom of association, all the fundamental freedoms, the rule of Absolutely. law, protection of private property, um, reward for effort, all of those things are connected. That has that combined with the Judeo-Christian values, which we benefit from whether or not we're religious, that package Absolutely. of beliefs, that's the reason we are an economically prosperous country in in many ways and every time we let the left get away with doing what they have done by um, shirking their duty to be consistent in relation to Mike Carlton whilst shouting down anyone um, who, who might not be from their tribe from being a part of our public conversations we allow our culture to be chipped away in a way that will in time maybe the long time, um, make us economically poor. Um, and so I just wanted to say that because I think there'll be some people who listen to this and go, gosh, is this really the big issue at a time when people are struggling to make ends meet? Mm-hmm. And I hear that, I acknowledge it, and I understand because everybody on the Morrison government team um, is absolutely focused on jobs. But I think it's also Absolutely. important to acknowledge that um, culture is related to our economy. And uh, when we are too timid or too distracted to nurture um, a truly tolerant culture in which people can healthily disagree, where they can exchange ideas and get better and solve problems together, then we are ultimately making us a, an intellectually poor and that translates to economically poor society. Senator, as always, you have put it beautifully. <laughs> I just wanted to add that in case people thought we weren't, you know, we're down in the weeds when we should be focused on on the economy. So we are focused on the economy. I know you're working really hard to um, help your constituents to, to get through this difficult mm. time and, and help them access the support they need and and simplify the government processes that are needed for the economy to bounce back. Um, I too am um, absolutely busting my gut on these things. But thank you so much for taking a moment or two to talk culture and um, to claim, I think, the really um, important space that says at least we're consistent. We reject violence and racism um, no matter who it comes from, no matter where it comes from. Um, And at the same time, we are prepared to acknowledge that people make mistakes. People say dumb things, um, but there's a difference between being a serial, violent, uh, violence-encouraging abuser um, of others and a nasty keyboard warrior versus someone who's otherwise done good work but made a slip of the tongue. Precisely. They are such different situations. And yet they're silent. Um, they always are when it's not one of their own, Amanda. 
Well, you are one of the um, toughest, bravest ladies in this parliament. Um, the fact that um, Get Up and Labor have been so very nasty to you over the years, I think is a sign of your enormous contribution and the threat that you pose. So keep up your amazing work. Um, I know you're in um, South Australia at the moment because of COVID restrictions um, uh, locking you down a little bit, but um, keep working hard for the people of Boothby. Uh, don't let the, the keyboard warriors get you down and um, I am proud to call you a friend because um, you always stand up for what's right. Thank you so much, Nicole Flint. Thank you so much.